Welcome to Talk, Teach and Learn, an EdTech podcast brought to you by Firefly Learning, the trusted platform for whole school engagement, helping schools deliver a unified school experience. Firefly offers schools a way to provide a better experience for everyone through a simpler, more joined up way for the whole school community to work together. If you're a teacher or school leader looking to learn more about how you can consistently use technology to improve your teaching and learning strategies and classroom management, you've come to the right place. Welcome to this month's episode, where we'll be looking at how we can redefine the learning environment. My name is Rob Eastman from Firefly Learning, but this session will be hosted by my colleague, Tracy Dignan, who had been at Bet Asia and will be talking to Brian Taylor from Bangkok Patna School. Over to you, Tracy. Hello, I'm Tracy, and I am talking to you from the Bet Asia Conference taking place in Bangkok. Uh, this is an annual event that brings together leaders in education and technology from around Asia and sometimes further afield. Um, this year, the event has an overarching focus on education as a catalyst for change. And to help me dig a bit deeper into that theme and share a bit more about what's going on at the conference, I have Brian Taylor from Bangkok Patana School. And I have to say, it is a treat to be able to sit here and have this conversation in person. Um, so, Brian, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, maybe share a little bit more about your role? Thank you, Tracy. Uh, my name is Brian Taylor. I work for Bangkok Patana School, which is a very large British international school on the outskirts of Bangkok. Currently, we have just over 2,300 students in a wonderful campus. And I've just been actually at the BET conference for a couple of days and I, I was fascinated with the tagline education as a catalyst for change because uh, I do think that if you're in education and you're not prepared to be a change agent, then you're probably in the wrong business. Uh, so it was interesting to see that, uh, that, that tagline. Um, oh, let me just go into job description really in terms of, um, I always think that actually it's not a job description, it's a person specification in terms of the, 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 the person that's right for the right for the role. Um, my background, I started off as a chemical engineer and then um, became uh, head of science. I worked in Africa and the Middle East and was on a, a sort of like longshore drift towards uh, Hong Kong, came to Thailand as a on a, on a holiday as you do, met a guy in a bar and the, and the guy said, oh, there's a job going at Bangkok Patna School. Why don't you go and apply? That was 21 years later. Um, so I've been head of science for uh, many years and probably just, just like Rob, really, in terms of a physics teacher and then always had a passion for technology and when a position came available within the school to lead the technology integration into the curriculum, I jumped for it and um, have been doing that since 2014. Actually, the time in my first year, I think it was, we we made the the classic mistake of changing our information management system and our virtual learning environment both at the same time. So two massive projects and obviously our VLE since 2014 has been Firefly. At the BET conference over the past couple of days, it's been interesting to see some of the things that are starting to percolate or bubble through the surface in terms of technology. One of the things that I've noticed uh, quite a lot is that um, there are a lot of uh, third-party integrations that are coming into information management systems. There's been an evolution since 2014. Rather than having your information management system as the one-stop shop for everything, it tends to be the data hub now, and there's uh, lots of uh, little 
uh, packages out there that tend to do really, really good things, but then integrate into your system itself. But the main sort of things that I'm starting to see um, certainly is um, at the interface between well-being and technology. And the, there has been a thread. I'm sure it's similar to probably Bet London or any of the other events that well-being is what's being focused on. And it's, and it's a classic, really. If you're familiar with uh, the work of uh, an, an American guy called John Almerode, and um, he talks about uh, engagement. And in terms of engagement, you've got to get the well-being right first before you can then layer on the learning. And um, lots of things that have been spoken about in this uh, conference about is about the analytics and surfacing the analytics of well-being. And that's a journey that we're on at the moment, is making sure that we get the well-being right, uh, particularly pertinent, obviously, on the back end of the pandemic. I think lots of schools and communities have realized that um, the, uh, the learning is a consequence of the well-being, getting the well-being of the community right, your staff, your students, your parents, allows you then to um, access the learning through the engagement itself. Um, there's th in fact, there's a really good book uh, uh, by an MIT professor. I think uh, I think I'm pronouncing his his name right. It's a guy called Justin Reich, um, and it's about why technology alone cannot transform education. And one of the themes of this uh, BET conference has been that technology requires the human sort of side of things. Um, and actually, as a consequence of the pandemic. We looked at our technology vision and we actually changed our technology vision. And uh, it, it basically talks about the fact that, well, I'll state it for you, is that um, we invest in technology that amplifies our human-only traits. And that's it. That's the vision itself. Because we've realized that in the future, the, it's the human-only traits that will be the most valuable commodities. So what we should be doing is looking at, the, looking at technology and procuring technology uh, through the through the lens of what is going to be the most valuable traits in the future, if not already, yeah. um, in terms of that's what's going to separate out the AI side of things and the human side of things is is the creativity, the empathy, uh, the ability for you to be able to persuade and to communicate, to um, to influence and things like this, things that are sort of like uh, human only traits. Charisma, yeah. is a, a classic <laughs> uh, classic one of the C's in terms of I mean. Uh, I've yet to see a platform uh, that 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 uh, that has charisma, um, but yeah. Be, so it would be interesting from from that sort of side of things. Well, I'm I'm actually really happy to hear you talking about well-being, Brian, because I probably I would say the best part of my job is getting to talk to hundreds of schools, right? So that's what I do day in day out. I talk to lots and lots of schools, um, and there has been some commonalities in those conversations over the last couple of years, and certainly over the last twelve months. Um, I've been really pleased to see that that kind of shift to sort of increased focus on well-being and increased resources being poured into well-being, mm. that that's been retained. Because I think sometimes what you find is when there's a period of crisis, like the COVID situation, mm. um, you know, there is a knee-jerk response to that. And when you come to a conference like BET and you see that there's a, f a full strand dedicated to well-being mm. and there's lots of solutions which are emphasising that at the moment, I think that's um, it's a really positive thing. 
I would be amiss not to mention that while we're here at BET, <laughs> we're also talking about our own platforms and how they um, can contribute to that. So obviously um, things like our ePraise platform, which taps into student motivation and achievement and reward, um, we are showcasing that on the Microsoft stand during this event and um, we're talking a lot to schools about that at the moment we're talking about the importance of students feeling um, that they have a um, meaningful reward that they have um, direction for their learning purpose as well so it is really nice to see the full range of solutions and things that are getting talked about you've mentioned well-being and things like that there is there is there anything else that's kind of been really resonant um, maybe in any of the talks that you've attended? Um, are there any kind of particular things that you think you're going to take away from this event that have given you sort of pause for thought? Yeah, great, a great question. One of the things that I've uh, come out of this two-day event with is that we're actually doing the right thing. You know, sometimes you can be blinkered. You can be blinkered in that you, you're doing your 24 hours a day, seven days a week, full tilt, not really having the capacity to be able to discover what other schools are doing um, until you take time out to come to events like this and talk to colleagues, talk to fellow leaders and, see and, and listen to what uh, other schools are doing. And one of the things that we're really focusing on at the moment is actually trying to uh, capture that well-being data. I think uh, schools like ourselves are very data rich, but perhaps presentation of that data poor. We don't necessarily represent that data uh, to, the, to the learners in a way in which they can act upon. Um, I imagine... Uh, many schools, just like ourselves, have a drop point when it comes to data and then a report is produced as a consequence of that on a PDF document that's then shared with the parents and the students. And uh, more often than not, that drop point was uh, several weeks ago because of the process it takes to actually produce the report and the ability for the student to act upon that change and become their own self-change agent for that intrinsic motivation. It's far too late that learning opportunity at that moment it's like a bubble it's just disappeared already so we're we're very much moving towards a just-in-time reporting so that when there is a particular change in the data um, then that triggers a communication and communication to everybody that's surrounding the learner in terms of their uh, the, their, their life itself um, and surfacing all of that sort of side of things on a on a platform or a dashboard that uh, is easy for uh, both the learner and the parents and the teachers to um, access and be able to then use that to trigger the uh, high fidelity human conversations that occur as a consequence of that. And so we're looking at lots and lots of um, data that's within the school and uh, using platforms to be able to represent that. Um, and, and, and that's what I discovered really at BET is that a lot of schools are on that particular journey and they are hungry for uh, leading lights for schools that are actually already doing that and sharing that information or companies that are helping you to, to go on that particular uh, journey itself. It's really nice, as you say, to come here and actually have the opportunity to talk to schools, to hear their experiences, their stories, how they're using different technologies in their schools. Um, always, of course, lovely to hear how they're using Firefly <laughs> and, and e-phrase. But um, 
but but yeah i mean and and i mean that's one of the reasons i love talking to you as well i've learned a lot from you brian um, um about you know how firefly is being used in your school um i definitely think things like bet things like this it's a great chance for people to meet up and to sort of share experiences and, and best practices as well so definitely nice to see innovations and new things and think about what's next but also really nice to sort of share best practices yeah yeah absolutely um so wellness was one big theme of this conference another theme that came through this conference was futures so this notion of kind of what's next you know how is technology shaping the future of education so in some ways it maybe taps into preparing students for kind of um, a future that is increasingly uncertain i mean is there anything that's given you a very positive feeling about how how, te- how technology is, is kind of influencing that? Well, there's the some of the uh, short-term future sort of side of things. There, I, I, if I was given a BART, which is the Thai currency for every time hybrid learning was mentioned at the BET conference, I would be a, a, a rich man. And I'm starting to obviously see the hardware moving in that particular direction. The hardware doing some of the heavy lifting for the teachers, particularly if they've got a hybrid uh, environment going on. If you've got one or two students that are out of your class because of whatever reasons, um, and you know the hardware sort of supporting that uh, sort of side of things. So that's the, the, the near future I'm starting. What you're starting to see actually is on the interactive whiteboards, there's now a camera on the interactive whiteboards, obviously, because that's a, a very uh, simple piece of technology to put into there, but to facilitate the hybrid sort of side of things. I'm not so sure whether or not... Um, when When the pandemic came along, I was of the opinion that it would be a massive catalyst for change. But what I'm actually quite uh, heartened by the fact that it's actually reinforced the fact that this is probably the most organic institution on the planet. And it's the relationships that are the most important, the relationships between the students, the relationships between the students and the teachers and the parents and everybody in that the word community has actually become even more powerful. And if anything, it's actually consolidated the fact that it is the uh, organic nature of relationships and the and the pedagogy, the art of teaching, which is it, which is the the most important thing. Um, and reinforce the fact that technology is simply simply a tool to, to support that uh, art of, of of teaching. So I'm I'm fascinated to see where it all goes in terms of hybrid classrooms and hybrid courses we had the MOOC evolution that occurred which obviously I mean nobody really mentions anymore from that sort of side of things so um, one of the things that's that, that I'm starting to see more and more is gap analysis and particularly because of uh, COVID and parents and uh, governments trying to say right okay what what has been the dip what has been the loss what's what has been the impact on the social emotional learning but also from a uh, understanding perspective and a knowledge perspective because that impacts the examinations and all of that sort of side of things 
And um, we're, I'm starting to see that the gap analysis side of things for curriculum gap analysis so that a student analyzes what they are strong at and what they need strengthening and then a teacher analyzes that as well and then if there's a significant be difference between the two then that sparks a conversation in terms of well you think you actually understand this but actually the data is suggesting this which for me is a much more effective use of a reporting system because you can use the gap analysis then to actually create individualized learning paths so suggesting these are the resources that you should be going to take a look at to support the areas which you need strengthening on um, and a reporting system which gives you a strategic pathway for you to develop rather than a grade or a letter or a level uh, I think is, uh, is, is a very powerful tool. Now you have to be careful with that because obviously the audience, the, the student at a very young, younger age the person that can have the greatest impact on that obviously are the teachers and the parents. The, the students themselves, it's all about their interpretation of that data. So as they mature through the school and they get that higher degree of independence and more intrinsic motivation, then the dashboards that are surfacing that data needs to represent obviously so it, it's a bit like as the audience grows the way that the dep the data is represented also changes with them so that's what that's what we're sort of like looking forward to and uh, and, and are ex excited about and i've seen some of the things that i was quite surprised actually at the um, some of the university streams that were within bet this year because university seems, I always thought it was a bit of a laggard. It was a bit sort of behind and that it was, to be honest, it, it, it probably went with the ages and that some of the, some of the best pedagogy I've ever seen is in foundation stage. Mm -hmm. um, yet actually the sage on the stage talking to 500 students at a university sort of level. But what I've saw in the past couple of days, it's actually, no, these, they're, they're, they're starting to actually lead the way, which is great because then all of that actually trickles down so you get a feed up from the foundation side of things and you get a feed down from the university side of things which from our perspective um, is great i mean I'm, I'm happy to hear you say you know like the most important side of education is that human aspect you know and like from my perspective as well we we see the most effective learning taking place when it's personalized when it's relevant and when there's an element of community and belonging and people feel like this is a place that they are having a positive learning experience they want to return to. I think whatever technologies you use, they're assistive to that. And it's not simply the relationship between a teacher and a student. It's, it's a whole school relationship. We are also seeing quite a lot of conversations um, happening at this conference around things like our um, platforms and how they can support kind of deeper engagement with families, with home connections, how they can support whole school conversations. So bringing in um, maybe siloed departments and divisions like marketing or admissions and things like that, tightening up those communications, making it a more kind of holistic community. I don't know what kind of um, things you've maybe seen at the event that might sort of feed into that but I know that you'll have experience with Firefly at your school in in that respect so I don't know if you've got a few minutes just to say something about how you think that's important. Yeah. I mean <coughs> you, you, maybe you've been looking at our whole school development plan because one, <laughs> one of the objectives on it is a uh, strategic review of all of our communications it's communications review and so we are on that journey this year 
um, through the lens of, of, of COVID, really, because communication has been a, uh, an over-communication, obviously, in times of stress, you need to hear uh, things on a regular basis to be able to uh, you know, act upon them. Um, I always say that um, when emotions are high, metacognition is low. Your ability to listen, actually, or to read and actually take on board and interpret when your emotions are high, it, it, it blocks that sort of side of things. So when you need to, when you communicate, when you know that the emotions, the baseline of emotions within the community is high, then you need to over communicate, and you need to communicate uh, in a way in which you are communicating on a deeply human level. So it's not emails. Um, it, 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 it's not you know uh, messages. It is video messages. And you've probably seen actually lots and lots of schools or particularly leadership teams have pivoted towards using video as a way to uh, get a, a, a message across. Because it's the old adage that 90% of communication is actually nonverbal. And so when you're watching the headmaster, headmistress, or lead part of the leadership team talk to the community about things. You can hear the emotion in their voice. You can hear the fact that uh, things are difficult for them as well. You can see it in their face and everything else. And all of that is important because the whole community went on a difficult journey together. Mm. Um, and so as a, as a consequence of that, doing the communication review right now, it's a really timely uh, sort of uh, strategy for us to go through. Uh, one of the things that we are looking at in that communication review, obviously we audit all of the levels of communication that we've got within the school itself, um, but we want to go down that uh, KISS principle, keep it simple, because there is a, a massive amount of communication and within that communication there's a lot of noise. And so we're looking at ways in which we can uh, synthesize all of that. And it was the same in terms of when we were in the COVID crisis. A lot of schools uh, were offered technology for free and it became even more of a, a difficult journey for schools to be able to say, look, we're at maximum capacity. We're not gonna layer something new right now. We just wanna continue with, uh, with what we've got because we already know that it works and the, and the students and the parents and the staff are familiar with it. And and that and that's you know that's what we're going to do with our communication uh, review is to keep it very very simple and pare it down to what's essential. But as part of that audit, obviously we're looking at or asking for um, feedback from everybody within the community. Talking about things like communications and how they they affect the school, you know, more generally, um, it it also ties into another kind of theme that that we talked about right at the very beginning of this conversation which is integrations mm. and increasingly what we see when we're talking to school is they want to improve um, the experience for all of the users right mm. so we want to simplify workflows we want to streamline things we want to unify the mm. systems so far as possible and so that means obviously integrations now we're delighted that we work um, really closely with the likes of Microsoft so we have really deep integrations with Microsoft um, and it is important you know you have a, a single click journey um, to where you want to go and, and your users do um, and integrating your communications within that 
is also, is also a, a, a kind of critical thing. And we are seeing um, a lot more tech companies being more collaborative, playing better together, mm. making the experience better for schools, because we want you to use the tech tools that you know and love, um, but we want you to use them in a way that they're unified, integrated, um, and, and a better experience. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to pick up there was uh, one of the mottos that we have within the school is what we call the three-click challenge in that uh, you should be able to find anything within the systems within three clicks. Sometimes it takes it does take a lot, a lot more than three clicks to actually get to information, but we try as much as possible to actually streamline all of that process. The other thing that came to mind as well is one of the things, we, I mean, it's, it sounds like we're banging the Microsoft drum today, but one of the things about Microsoft, which I do like, is that they are device ambivalent. They, they basically say that your experience of the Microsoft products should be the same, regardless of what the device is. So you've got an iPad or an Android device, a Windows device, it doesn't really matter. You should know that when you're on in the platform, in the Microsoft Office 365 environment, it doesn't matter what you're, what you're looking at. And I think that's the same for us in terms of um, the branding within the school itself. Uh, when, you're, when you're into uh, pages within the Bangkok Partner uh, ecosystem, it, it looks and feels like it has that community sort of side of things. So that when you navigate through all of these different systems, there's one single sign-on or a SAML sign-on, and you access everything else downstream of that as a as a consequence of that single sign-on and that's good to hear that uh, a lot of these uh, companies are actually starting to allow APIs and deeper integration to uh, write back and to write and to suck data from so that we can use it and if they don't then then they're not necessarily going to have a future because the the schools are the customers and they're the ones that are buying these products and uh, if they don't play nicely with uh, other areas um, then, then the decision the school's going to make a decision. If you had one bit of advice for edtech companies, Brian, <laughs> if there was if there was one thing that you could say to all of the lovely companies that are here at Bet and say this is one thing that I think you should be focusing on or prioritising um, in in the path forward, um, what would it be? Great question. I think it'd be one thing. It was just allow me to play. Allow me to go into the sandpit and use use your system and give give me a a free version of it. You know, if it if it does what it says on the tin, if it does what it says in the twenty minute PowerPoint presentation that you've given to me about it and the marketing spiel, then I'm I'm going to purchase it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to buy it. Uh, so yeah, give me access to the full tools, not some lightweight version of it. Allow me to integrate it into my system because one of the things that maybe people don't realize is that schools are 24-7, 365. You can't switch off a school and then start to play around with something. In the summertime, um, the students may not be there, but it's the busiest time in the, in, in the year for admissions. So all of that roll, data rollover and everything else, we can't run parallel systems to test something unless you give us that system for free for us to be able to test and then if it works fine we'll buy it that's that's an in, that's an that's an interesting bit of advice brian <laughs> give you things for free um the one the one thing i will say about 
the one thing I will say about you, Brian, is you're always very f- upfront. So you will give very honest and clear feedback about anything that we sort of share with you or show you. And for that, I'm always really grateful. So, I mean, for other tech companies <laughs> as well, <laughs> it's very useful to know. Um, but I think on that note, this probably feels like quite a good place to, to wrap this up. Um, it has been a fantastic couple of days, a very busy couple of days at the BET conference here. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it has been the first time to have face-to-face experience sharing um, for a very long time. And it, it has been a lovely experience. So um, thank you very much. Um, I'll give you the final word. <laughs> no, I'd just, li- just like to say uh, thank you as well for giving me the opportunity to um, talk on your podcast. Well, that rounds up this episode of Talk, Teach and Learn. My thanks to Brian and Tracy for a very informative and thought-provoking conversation. If you'd like to find out more, then just drop us a line at hi at fireflylearning.com. But in the meantime, have a great week, everyone, and we hope to see you again soon. Um.